Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. All of the action. All the latest news from the pits and paddock. Informed comment and analysis. There is only one authority on endurance racing. And one place to listen. RadioLeMans.com. RadioLamont.com, powered by Nismo, bringing you live coverage this season of the GT500 and the Super GT Championship from Fuji. This is round two of the season, and it's 500 Ks. Johnny Palmer and Sam Collins to take you through uh, all sorts of action across two classes, GT500 and GT300. Something like 42 cars for the Fuji 500 Ks. Looking forward to a full season of action on RadioLeMond.com. RadioLeMond.com. So the 2015 season well and truly underway, Sam Collins. We already have one round done and dusted, but this is the one that everyone's talking about this weekend because it's extra long on a, a wonderful circuit and this uh, long straight to kick the race off as well. What did you say to me earlier on? One of the longest... In motorsport, it's one of the longest straights in international racing. One point five kilometers. There, are, there. Are, I think there's one one point six kilometer straight out there. But the speed of these cars this weekend has been absolutely incredible, Johnny. We've seen three hundred and seven kph on the speed trap. <laughs> That's quicker than the WEC race yesterday. Incredible. So these stuff. cars, these cars, are quicker than the Audi R18s that took victory in yesterday's race in the WEC. This is incredibly fast formula right now. I think it's safe to say that it's very different weather conditions compared to the uh, opening round of the championship as well, which, uh, from all the photographs I saw, look, it was bucketing down for much of that event. But we do have not quite clear skies, but at least it's dry for the start of this long race, which has a, a stellar entry, 15 GT500 cars and 27 GT300 cars. I think I'm right in saying that's what the entry looked like, at least at the start of the weekend. There's also uh, success ballast to factor into that uh, the whole scenario, and we'll give you a grid with starting drivers in a moment or two as well. Lots of different uh, things to factor into this race, and therefore very difficult to predict it. Yeah, it's going to be a really strange one, particularly when it comes to the weather. This circuit, in it's not far from Tokyo, it's about an hour's train ride or drive from Tokyo, and you can see the weather coming in. So whilst on the screen at the moment, what we're looking at, it looks a bit cloudy. It is actually bright sunshine down there on the grid but that can change at any minute and if you look in one direction it's blue sky in the other direction it's grey sky and you know Mount Fuji you can see at the moment with the beautiful snow cap on it during this golden week holiday period in Japan it's it's a beautiful time to be in Japan but if you look down to the end of the pits you've got blue sky you look the other direction it's grey it could do anything in terms of weather here that's true, and although there are uh, brollies up and down the pit lane, that's more for shelter rather than uh, covering from the rain, but you're right, it, it almost it, each direction you look in, in terms of the sky, you could get a different forecast. Let's take a look at the grid then, because Ronnie Quintarelli will start from pole position on this rolling start for Team Nismo in his GTR. It's a Michelin shod car as well, and what 
one of the only Michelin cars within GT500. The tyre war within this is also going to be fascinating. Yeah, there's t- completely open tyres in this formula. You can do anything you like. As we look through this GT500 class, you've got the Advan GTRs. That's the Nissans. The Concept GTs is the Honda NSX with the mid-engine and the hybrid system. And the Saad RCF is a good example of the Toyota Toyota cars. On the screen you'll see these little weight symbols with the little number on it. That's the weight penalty they've got from that first race at Okayama. So no weight penalty means you're completely running as you are. But there's also a fuel flow limit on these cars as well. So you're going to hit this fuel flow limit on them. And on the long straight that's going to be a big factor, particularly if they're going to be drafting each other. So, give you the grid in full. If you're watching the feed... uh then you will have seen the grid scan through, and we're on to GT300 there uh, already. But the starting drivers for GT500, Ronnie Quantarelli will start from in the number one car for Motel Autech in his GTR, alongside uh, the Brazilian driver, De Oliveira, with eight kilos of ballast. So cars 1 and 12 on the front row, and then it's 38 and 36, which is uh, Yui uh, Tachikawa starting the Zent... Uh, Cherumo Lexus RCF alongside James Rossiter and the Patronus Toms RCF, so all Lexus uh, second row. 22 kilos, though, on the third-placed car, so that's a lot of weight. And then a weightless third row, cars 24 and 17, going to be started by Daiki Suzuki and uh, Kaudi uh, Tsukakoshi in the uh, Concept GT, so cars 24 and 17 on the sixth row, ahead of Koei Hirate and then uh, Takashi Kagori, uh, who will be with the British teammate Oliver Turvey. So 39 and 15 on the uh, what's that? The uh, fourth row. So positions seven and eight. Then in ninth and tenth positions, Satoshi Matayama and Kazuya. Oshima to start the cars with six kilos of ballast and four kilos of ballast. A very heavy car in 11th position, car 100 with 30 kilos. That's uh, Naoki Yamamoto starting the number 100 uh, NSX, the Nissan. Alongside 64, Bertrand Baguette, Belgian driver, no weight on board the 64 car. 13th and 14th positions, cars 8 and 37. That's the heaviest car, number 37, with Andrea Caldarelli on uh, on board to uh, kick that uh, race off for the squad from Keeper Tom's RCF. They have 40 kilos by virtue of the fact that they won the opening round of the championship. And the 15th placed GT500 car, number 19, with Yui Sekiguchi on board, with the uh, two kilos for that car on the Yokohama, Yokohama tyres. Well, before we move on to the GT300 class, Johnny, let's have a look at the weather. 25 degrees centigrade out there. That is nice and hot. 39 degrees track temperature. That could cause problems for the hybrid system. And we'll talk about hybrid systems a little bit more when we move into the GT300 cars. 58% humidity. It is sweaty out there. And the drivers are going to really struggle in this 500 kilometer race, which is why some cars are using three drivers. They are within the GT300. I don't think there's only three driver lineups within GT500. Yes, I'm right in saying that. But the pole position GT300 car, which is the Toyota Prius, remember that being very, very good in last season's championship, 40 kilos. So despite it winning the, the opening round of this year's championship, they've managed to get the number 31 Toyota Prius on pole position from APR GT. Kota Sasaki to start that on the Bridgestones, and alongside that car will be the number three uh, GTRs. That's uh, also a Nissan, and uh, the Kazuki Hoshino 
driven BMAX entry will start from second position for GT300. Then you've got cars 10 and 11. Andre Couto starting number 10 with Bjorn Verdheim, the Swede, in the 11 car. It's the 65 machine Haruki Karasawa to start in fifth position, the GT300s, just ahead of 55. Takashi Kobayashi to start the car with 30 kilos on board. Seventh and eighth positions in GT300, cars 25 and 0. Takemichu Matsui and Tatsuya Katayoka to start those cars. And you can hear in the background the national anthem ahead of the start of the race. Very well observed national anthem there that we uh, joined uh, partway through, so apologies for that. But uh, many uh, people stood along the white line to the left and to the right of the grid, making sure that uh, that was all done properly. Flags waving though now, and the grandstand could not be fuller of fans in readiness of the for the Fuji 500Ks. Clearly the support for this race is huge, Sam Collins. Well, this is the first Super GT race I ever went to. It was back 2005. It took me eight hours to get out of the circuit at the end of the day. We ended up stopping at a restaurant in the traffic jam, having dinner, and still being the car had moved maybe 10 metres in that sort of two-hour period. We had a very nice dinner. So this is the biggest... Spectator event Fuji Speedway hosts every year. It's bigger than they bigger crowd than they get for the WEC, bigger crowd than they get at this near Tokyo circuit for even for the Formula One when that was there. This is an absolutely huge wow. event. Uh, we're talking a little bit about those GT three hundred cars. Car on pole position, the Toyota Prius has a forty kilo weight penalty on its and its Bridgestone tires. It's still on pole. That's simply because it's got this hybrid system, which at the end of sector three lets it boost out, and we'll see that in the race. The lap times though in both classes have been absolutely exceptional right now I did a quick comparison before we went live on air the Audi R18 LMP1 car has never lapped Fuji Speedway as fast as the Nissan GTRs that are on the front row (laughs) of this race there is no GTE WE spec car that has lapped Fuji Speedway at the pole position of that Toyota Prius right this is the fastest sports car racing championship in the world right now quite clearly um, I mean, these are, if you follow DTM in Europe, these are very similar bits of kit. They're kind of like single-seaters with bodywork and a roof on, above your head, aren't they? But This is exactly uh, right. It's exactly the same monocoque as the, um, the same chassis as the DTM yeah. car, Johnny. So, you, I mean, are the lap times between a, a GT500 car and a DTM car comparative, or are these even quicker than a DTM car? These are way quicker than a DTM car, which is why the DTM cars haven't shown up in this championship yet, because I the see. Germans are a little bit afraid of it. Yes. As the opening declaration goes on, he's telling us something very interesting in Japanese. <laughs> I'm sure. And it's very important. This is a man from Autobax, which is one of the major sponsors of some of the cars here, and they're a bit like Halfords. And I'm going to carry on talking because I haven't got a clue 
what he was saying. But I'm thank ple- you. I'm pleased because I thought you were going to stop and uh, manage to translate that for me. Uh, no. Obviously not. Um, my two That's words fine. of Japanese got as far as thank you. I think, well, his enthusiasm is very obvious as the one-minute board is being displayed now at the head of the field and the cars are all in grid formation in readiness for this rolling start. But we will have uh, at least one rolling lap ahead of this and it looks like there are five... Uh, uh, outriders, motorcycle outriders, and then also something like six pace cars. <laughs> They're all police. It's the local police oh, force. Oh, you remember now, you uh, saying it, this from last yeah, year? Yeah, in, re- in round one, we had a great, great. Uh, one of the policemen fell off. So no. let's, let's hope that all the police get around. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's something to keep us interested for the rolling lap at the very least. And then we have 500 k's around this Fuji uh, motor speedway, which uh, is clearly going to dish up an awful lot of interest not least amongst the 15 GT500 cars with Ronnie Quantarelli on pole position in his number one Nissan GTR on the Michelin tyres but starting alongside in, in the number 12 car will be João Paulo de Oliveira the Brazilian for Calsonic Team Impul also in the GTR so Nissan on RadioLeMond.com powered by Nismo have locked out the front row positions after qualifying there was also some uh, kind of warm-up this morning, I believe, after qualifying yesterday. But what a great sight it makes. And hopefully you're watching as well as listening on the feed to this coverage brought to you by RadioLeMond.com, powered by Nismo. Eat, sleep, race, repeat. As five motorcycles and six police cars work their way into that sharp right-hander on this parade lap. And this stellar lineup of 42 cars will funnel its way through turns one and two in a moment. Now, Johnny, you mentioned the warm-up period before the race uh, this morning. Well, we have seen some problems with one of the cars, and I'm, I'm going to be interested to see in GT300 whether the Pacific Racing McLaren actually gets to the start line. That was on fire quite well, um, in the same sort of position that we saw the fire for the Lotus CLM car in the WEC oh, last yeah. year. Okay. So we've had another fire in the pit lane at Fuji Speedway, so we'll see if that car actually made it to the grid. We haven't seen it yet, but we haven't really seen much of the GT300 cars yet. At least the kind of whole extinguishing process will be relatively well rehearsed then. Uh, hopefully they will have uh, kept some extinguishers within that sort of area of pit lane entry, uh, right underneath almost the race control tower, as this great lineup then works its way through turns four and five now. Talked about James Rossiter, if you're a fan of the Brits, there are uh, one or two of them in the field and James Rossiter to start the 36 car easily to pick easy to pick out that on uh, a live feed with the Petronas backing so sort of turquoise and white color colors for the 36 car starting from fourth position and alongside Yuji Tachikawa in the number 38 Lexus so an all Nissan front row an all Lexus second row and then another Nissan Number 24, going to be started by Daiki Sasaki for Kondo Racing, alongside the 17 machine, which is the Kaithin Real Racing Honda NSX, and that's the best-placed NSX GT on the Bridgestone tyres, and Hideki Mutu to start that car. It's been another bad session for Honda so far. They've really not grasped these new regulations, Johnny, with that came in last year with these four-cylinder engines. One of the big differences to DTM is that these Super GT cars, the GT500 cars, have more power than the DTM cars. They're also... They have 
definitely better tyres. And tyres is something we're going to be talking about a lot through this race. It's going to be a two-stop race, according to Dunlop and Bridgestone. Michelin haven't said how many stops they expect, but we'd expect two top stops for tyre. How, yeah. how far they can go on fuel? Different question. But these four-cylinder engines are all fairly similar in terms of fuel consumption. What we'll see now is the police motorcade will sort of whisk off the track and will be picked up by the proper Lexus safety car. Why Lexus? Well, this is Fuji Speedway and the home of Toyota Motorsport. There you go. All becomes clear as in a moment or two then the police escort for the field, as some mansions will drop away and this will become a slightly more routine rolling start that we're perhaps used to in the rest of the world. But it's nevertheless great to have this local flavour to the start of the 2015 Fuji 500Ks, round two of the Japanese Super GT Championship. Well, people talking on the YouTube chat at the moment, at 700 brake horsepower they're mentioning for these four-cylinder two-litre engines. I don't think it's quite 700, but it's not far off that. They are certainly over the 600 brake horsepower mark, and they haven't given the exact figures because these engines are super, super special, and the Japanese manufacturers are not too willing to talk in great detail about them. Even showing pictures of them is quite rare. However, I have heard rumours that we may see some of these engines coming to Europe sooner rather than later. At the same time, I know that Audi Sport already has its 2-litre turbo to these regulations on the dyno. They expect it on track early next year. So this, as I mentioned, is the second round of the championship. It started on the 5th of April, so almost a mo exactly a month ago at the Okayama International Circuit for 300Ks. After this, there's a trip to Thailand to the Chang International Circuit for round three. Back to Fuji Speedway for a slightly shorter race for round four. Suzuka Circuit for the 44th International Suzuka 1000Ks. That's round five of the championship at the end of August. In September, a trip to... Uh, for the Sugo GT2 Sportsland, Sugo itself, and the 300Ks. Audi in the pit lane, I noticed. Car number 86, which was due to start from 26th position. Christian Mamoro due to start that car, but it's not in the uh, lineup circulating around the circuit, so it looks suspiciously like a pit lane start for that number 86 Audi. And then just to complete the season, two races in November, Autopolis, penultimate round, again for a 300K affair, and to end the season, uh, Twin Ring Montegi for a slightly shorter 250k race on the 15th of November. This a 4.563-kilometre uh, speedway with that massively long straight, but then there's uh, certainly a very different flavour for the other two sectors. I'm looking at the, the end of the lap, which is very, very twisty before you come onto that really long straight. So you need to... Uh, kind of compromise as far as your car setup is concerned to be able to go well, really well down the tubes but also cope with the twisty section towards the end of the lap Sam well this is something all the, the GT500 and the GT300 teams really have to deal with particularly in terms of aerodynamics they need a car that works in the corners around the back of the lap but also is low drag down that straight and actually all of the cars that have come here have got special bodywork on now you might not be, they may look very similar to the cars we saw at Okayama but they've got slightly different wing angles slightly different aero parts particularly around the front of the car you see lots of the little twiddlies and knobbly bits on the side of the car have been reprofiled just for Fuji Speedway. Now we come here twice in the season, so they really do make an effort to try and win at Fuji and I tell you what, Nissan I know is gagging to get 
a bit of a victory over Toyota. Nissan was involved in the creation of this track, of course, when it was going to become a NASCAR venue, but the people who were building the track ran out of money and only built half the NASCAR track, including the very beautiful abandoned ban- banking, which we might see on the broadcast later on. But that's why we have this massive long start-finish straight as the cars come back round to the start line. They do, and starting to show signs now of forming up in a, a grid formation, two-by-two, staggered grid. It will be a side-by-side grid once they get to the line, as the lights are out now on the pace car. So they work their way uh, towards the start-and-finish line, and still much weaving taking place with Ronnie Quintarelli on board the number one car for Nismo and the red lights then currently being shown a couple of yellow flags also being waved as the tail enders work their way into grid formation as well and the revs start to rise as all the drivers at the front end of the field look at the five lights that all of a sudden five red lights that all of a sudden turn to five green lights and it's an awesome start for Ronnie Quintarelli for round two of the uh, Japanese Super GT Championship here on RadioLamont.com powered by Nismo and Quintarelli gets to the first corner first pursued though by João Paulo de Oliveira who's had a really good start the person that's slow away in third position is Yuji Tachikawa in the third place number 38 Lexus not quite matched the Nissans for pace there at the getaway Sam well Johnny on the on the right hand side of the split screen you see the GT300 cars being led off the start with those two big GT3 specification GTR Nismos coming along but that Toyota Prius nothing's got the beat on that hybrid system but it looks like he's run a little bit wide into turn one he certainly has and those GTRs are right on him that GT300 battle is going to be well worth watching in these opening laps totally together for Quintarelli and uh, Di Oliveira I thought for a moment the blue car had got by the red machine not quite so Nismo lead the way from Calsonic Team Impul Nissan GTR from Nissan GTR but Di Oliveira not messing about here in the very early stages of this 500k race they're getting to the really technical part of the circuit now and Ronnie, Ronnie Quintarelli is under some hard pressure here meanwhile that's the Yamamoto in the Raybrick NSX just having a moment there uh, Johnny it was and looked like a short cutting uh, a chicane as uh, Di Oliveira has a really big moment there coming back onto is that the main straight already to complete the first lap that, it was that certainly is it's, a very, it's quite a short lap here but 1 minute 27 sort of lap time bear in mind we got distracted with the really brilliant GT300 <laughs> battle which we're not seeing on the screen at the moment but I can tell you that the two GTRs were beating up on that little Prius but there was a Mercedes SLS really getting into the action there so I'm really hoping we cut back to that quite soon James Rossiter with a good move to get third position there away from Yuchi Tachikawa who I think it's fair to say has not had the best of starts much heavier car though for the Zenturo RCZ 22 kilos plays nothing for James Rossiter in terms of success ballast so James Rossiter able to make quick work of that red car with the Zent on the side of it and Ronnie Quintarelli doesn't have any weight either so should arguably be able to pull away from Brazilian de Oliveira struggling to do that right now but there is a gap emerging between the blue car and the white and turquoise machine the Petronas colours of James Rossiter Rossiter can, should be able to get into a bit of a groove now in car 36 and maybe reel in the two cars ahead well I mean that's something you're going to have to look at in looking at the tyre consumption as well these tyre wear is going to be a big factor and if you're running 40 kilos of ballast your tyres are going to wear out damn sight faster than if you've got two kilos or no kilos of ballast and that's going to be a real factor at the end of this race but right now as we come back to the start finish area for I think the second time round now now we're going to see these big speeds the cars are all in the draft we're going to see speeds of up to 192 even 195 mph down the end of this this is faster than LMP1 right now as we get a replay of 
That's what... Oh, a big contact. Three-way contact there for the Raybrig NSX. Got hit by... Now, I think that was the S-Road Mola uh, GTR, but it also had contact with the Autobax NSX as well, which we see the pair of those NSXs running there at the back of the field. And the problem was, as that Raybrig 100 car spun around, it left no room to where it came to rest on its right-hand side to drivers left effectively for the rest of the field to funnel by. Three cars battling at the rear of the GT500 pack, though, and there's some shuffling taking place there. As uh, all 15 cars are still running, uh, it'll be interesting to monitor the progress of the 37 car, the Keeper Tom's RCZ, uh, RC. F, I should say, which uh, won the opening round but therefore carries 40 kilos here in Fuji and is struggling down in 14th position right now. Well, in GT300, we had a change of third position. That SLS that I was talking about earlier has got now into third, beating one of those Nismo GTRs and is hunting down the second position GTR with the similar SLS, com two, two similar SLSs coming up behind, and then the GT86, the GT86 in its own second or third race third race actually, uh, doing really quite well to keep that Lamborghini at bay but we also saw some problems for the Autobax NSX and GT500, that car has got damage on serious damage on the right front and it is hitting the ground and sparking a lot I wouldn't be surprised to see that coming to pit road quite soon so in GT300, APR lead the way in the Toyota Prius with Kota Sasaki at the wheel from Kazuki Hoshino in the BMAX GTR, car number three. Andre Kuto in third position. Bjord Wernheim with his single-seater experience is fourth. And then Haruki Karasawa in the 65 car uh, going well on the Yokohamas. Two cars on Yokohamas in the top five, in fact, GT300, but this great spread of manufacturers looking further down the order to Lamborghinis, to Audi R8s, uh, Porsches in there as well. So, and there's a BMW Z4 uh, in the midfield, so certainly not short of makers of cars in amongst the GT3 uh, brigade, if you like, the uh, GT300 section of the race. Now, is that the Raybrig car in GT500 trying to make some? ground back up again after that early race spin. Well that's the, the, the pair of them actually Johnny, the, 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 the Raybrig NSX and the Autobax NSX we think both of them have got damage but as we cut back to have a look at the red, red car and the blue car having a race, they are pulling away those two NSXs from the Petronas Toms uh, uh, Lexus in, in third place and that is going to be the story of the day I think but tyre wear is I'm going to keep talking about tyres because this is going to be a hot this is a hot day and it's going to be how long you keep those tyres going that's going to decide who wins this race yeah because if you think about the the race leader is on Michelin's and then there are three Bridgestone uh, tyred cars shod tyres uh, uh, shod cars I should say so De Oliveira Rossiter and Tachikawa all on Bridgestone's and then the next car in the sequence, uh, on the grid at least, car 24 on Yokohama. So this great spread of tyre uh, tire suppliers within the top five as well. A couple of Dunlop runners further down the order. They are the uh, number 10 car in GT300 and uh, number 11 car as well, both from Gainer. Uh, one is a Nissan and one is a Mercedes-Benz SLS AMG. Yeah, Gainer, the Gainer team made a decision... They had two Mercedes, I think, in the past, and they've now bought one of these new uh, 2015 specification Nissan GTRs. Uh, it's the same GT3 spec car you see in the Blancpain Endurance Series and racing in other championships. So, but you will see there's two different types of Nissan GTR in this championship. You have the GT500 GTR, which is essentially a prototype. It's got a carbon fiber monocoque, same as the DTM car, 2-litre turbo engine, 
it's not four-wheel drive, nor is the GT3 car. It runs in GT300. They're both rear-wheel drive only. But there is nothing of the road car in the GT500 car. There's quite a lot of road car in the GT300 car, which is the big difference. However, in GT300 car, you're not obliged to run any parts of the road car either. You have two other options. You can build a what they call a JAF GT300 car. That's the Toyota Prius, the, the CRZ and the Subaru BR, the Subaru BRZ, which we haven't talked about much yet because it's not really that competitive. Those cars are essentially built to the old style GT500 regulations where you can sort of do what you like with the chassis. Then there's a new type of GT300 car, the mother chassis. Now that's the Toyota GT86 style car and the Lotus which we also haven't seen because it's running around at the back and not being very competitive here and in fact as I mentioned it here is the Lotus it's clearly suffering problems but this car whilst it looks like a Lotus Evora that's been heavily modified as there's some swapping of positions in the GT500 class it is actually a carbon fiber monocoque exactly the same as Subaru BRZ runs and it's got a Nissan engine in the front of it in the back of it in the uh, Lotus whereas the same chassis can be used for putting an engine in the front of it as we see in the GT86 that makes total sense. And it's all in the same class. Yeah, okay. So, again, more variables to try and factor in and tr try and uh, stay on top of during this commentary, I suppose. One thing that uh, is absolutely for sure is that the top two cannot get away from each other. And Ronnie Quintarelli and Xiao Paolo de Oliveira putting on a, a stellar show here, despite one being on Michelin tyres and one being on Bridgestones, don't make any difference because they are so even and now having to deal with slower cars within the GT300 pack so this could really affect the lead battle in the very early stages bear in mind this is only lap 6 of 110 and James Rossiter has certainly closed in on the leading two by virtue of all this traffic and indeed Rossiter's pace in that very light uh, Lexus RCF well that's quite interesting so we saw very briefly the two types of Lexus RCF we also have a duplication of the RCF we have a GT3 spec Lexus RCF which only races in this championship and the GT300 as the Pacific Racing McLaren just made contact with the leader going into the first turn there, Johnny. It did, and uh, that was kind of unavoidable in, in amongst uh, so much traffic trying to funnel its way through a very tight first corner where there's really only one single line and you have to have faith in the uh, racers around you to make room for you. But it was difficult, that, because the much faster cars, and as we said, such a, a quick bit of machinery, both of these Nissan GTRs, they needed to get by in a hurry, clearly embroiled in their own private battle and needing to make quick work of this GT300 traffic. And as the leader gets to the wrong side, perhaps, of a uh, GTR there, but managing to get through as the track funneled down. Hard braking into this tight right-hander. That's where there was the incident on the opening lap. That's the one and only Ferrari in the order, I think, working its way through. There used to be more Ferraris in this championship. We've seen F40s and some other big Ferraris running in the GT300 class. Never really been any uh, big European participation in the GT500 class. And Aston Martin had a go and got completely destroyed on the DBR9s, which was in full trim, as there's trouble for one of the mother chassis GT86s in the GT300 class. That is Matsui at the wheel. And I didn't quite see what's happened there. That looks like to be in the third sector, and the car looks to not have any damage, but mm. not to have any go in it either. It's also, uh, yeah, parked up on the kerb, so possibly beached. Double-waved yellow flags into that sequence of corners, which is a right 
left that's, and then right. That's the same that, place as the opening lap. That's Nets Corner, uh, yeah. which is just before the entry to start finish straight. So that's a really crucial part of the track as we had a quick look at that Ferrari there, which is nicely holding up the blue GTR. But where is Rossiter in that picture? Oh, he's stuck in the back of that as we get the Zent car coming in. That's very early, Johnny. It is very early for car 38, which had dropped to at least fifth position because I noticed that car 39, the... Uh, Lexus team Saad RCF had got up to fourth position with Koei Hirate at the wheel. So already diving down pit road, the third-placed uh, car to, to at least start the race had lost ground early on. Well, let's so have a quick car 38 coming in, Yuichi uh, Tachikawa at the wheel. Well, I'm just trying to see, have a look. They're changing tyres on that Zent Lexus. Now, this is very early, so I can't, it can't just be for a tyre stop. If it is, that's some very spooky strategy they're running. But no, there is more to it. They're certainly not working very hard on that car. There is a problem in that Lexus pit. We're not sure what it is, but the cameraman is just down there, so we might get a better look in a moment. Yep, door opened and a quick word being had with Yuji Tachikawa to assess what the problem is. It's a very heavy car, 22 kilos, after it got a... What's 22 kilos? Third place in the opening round, 40 for the winner, 30 for second place, 22 for third position. So a podium result for the Zent crew uh, for the opening round, but uh, not going anywhere near as well so far. And a car on the grass is number 25, so that's uh, Taki, uh, Takamitsu... Matsui in the uh, Toyota 86, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one we saw off a little while earlier, just sort of stranded there. He seems to have got underway. Not and quite sure what the problem is, because there's no obvious damage on the car. So like it does appear to be mechanical. We have this strange situation you see in Japanese racing where the service vehicles do circulate the track under a li in live conditions, not just under a safety car. So you will just see the GT500 cars whipping past the Porsche Cayman or something like that. A Cayenne. And presumably covered by yellow flags, I would hope so. Anyway, to, to at least a, a warn of the drivers. And there is a drive-through penalty, I notice now, being dished out to... Was that the five car? That was Satoshi Motoyama in the S-Ray car, that silver and black. And we're about to see the reason why. Now, I'm keeping an eye for that. And, oh, that's avoidable contact. That yeah. was for when he hit the uh, Honda just at the beginning and damaged two Hondas. Yep, in one fell swoop. So having to come in for a drive-through penalty... Another busy part of the lap as uh, working its way through goes the eight car. And we just get a nice little look at the uh, little GT300 Honda hybrid in there. There's two of those in this race, one in the Autobax livery, who apparently are way better than Halford. I've not actually been to an Autobax, so I'll have to do that next time out in Japan. Um, and a Mugen, a works Mugen backed car, but you see the speed differential there between the uh, GT300 cars and the GT500, it's huge I mean they, these guys really got to look in their mirrors whilst having their own race, there is real trouble for that 25 though um, really struggling to get round the lap, so big problems there, I'm not quite sure because there's not much on those cars that should be going wrong So the order as we go after 10 laps is Ronnie Quintarelli leading the way on the Michelin tyres only just though from João Paulo de Oliveira oh and to interrupt you we've got a big spin crash and fire on the turn one <laughs> I'm not quite sure that Lamborghini look rotated we've got a GT500 NSX off as well I don't know if oil's gone down there it looks like it might have done I think that Lamborghini 
the engine in that Lamborghini has just let go in a very catastrophic fashion. It was certainly ticking all the boxes. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh because it's clearly a serious incident at a very, very quick part of the circuit. But uh, So we're watching the white Lamborghini, which is just behind the green and black GTR there. A left a rear tyre blowout. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's a blowout and at I top speed and did spectacularly well there to avoid the car in front and then... Well, trying to slow the car down as much as possible, almost throws it into a spin, and the fire comes as a result of the tyre deflating. Yeah, I, I think I think that tyre deflated under the engine bay and thrashed around and got every single piece of oil line and gubbins under there and has, has made a bit of a mess. I don't think we'll see that 88 Lamborghini go very fur- much further in this race today. So, recovery vehicle to the Lamborghini very quickly indeed, and the fire extinguisher clearly being utilised very well also the driver in fact so keen to rescue that Lamborghini as quickly as possible so that's uh, car 88 started by Kazuki Hiramine and sadly one of those Yokohamas has given way and we're under a safety car now on lap 11 of the race not only to recover the Lamborghini Gallardo itself but also no doubt all the debris strewn on the approach to turn one which is exactly where you need to be slowing down an awful lot and for the GT500 cars shedding uh, well, a crazy amount of speed to bring it down from 300k plus to that turning point at turn one, and there'll be some debris to, to uh, clear away from there. Still, the Lamborghini Gallardo gently smouldering just off the track. Well, this will be an interesting one to watch, Johnny, to see how the teams deal with this. 11 laps in, it's a little bit too early to make a tyre stop, but if you're if you've got this, you expect to have a little bit of a not complete stint at the end of the race which it may be the case you might want to get in and get that out of the way at this point and that could really come into play at the end so it's going to be really interesting to see how the teams manage this safety car period and also you've got to think about your tyre temperatures no tyre warmers in this championship remember so it's a good time to make a stop GT300 headed by the number 31 uh, APR Toyota Prius there is the Lamborghini if you're watching the feed and this opening sorry the second round of the Super GT Championship for the 500Ks and uh, the car, the Lamborghini in question, squirming from left to right as that uh, rear left tyre explodes just as you need to be slowing down. And there's an Audi cone spinning there as well. Didn't see any contact from the Lamborghini, so that might even be a, a separate incident involving one of the Audi R8 LMS Ultras, which is able to rejoin. But uh, talk about the field being scattered at Turn 1 on lap 10. And then we're on now lap 11 behind the safety car with the number one, Ronnie Quintarelli Nismo Nissan GTR leading in the 500 class. 300 headed by the 31 APR Toyota, Toyota Prius with, I reckon, the number three car in second position. So that's as they started. Kazuki Hoshino in the number three car is in second position as far as GT300 is concerned in the NDDP racing with BMAX Nissan GTR, but that's the GT3 variety on the Yokohama tyres. Uh, Johnny, I'm just having a look while we've got a moment through the social media channels. You're at Blackpool Johnny, are you not? I, I am at, at Blackpool Johnny. I'm thinking about maybe changing that Twitter handle now that my football team are in the third tier of English football. I haven't even officially finished the season because yesterday's game was called off because of a pitch invasion. <laughs> was that you? Uh, it wasn't, no. I think I was miles away from it. But, uh, oh, it must have been the rival I fans. think I ever, I ever had been there. I may well have been on the pitch. Well, you are the only fan of Blackpool, obviously. So. True. Um, I am at Race Crown Engineer and, um, and sometimes always that silly. Um, 
just look, reading through social media, somebody suggested uh, we've got Billy Grace on Twitter uh, suggesting that the issue of the Zent Lexus is brake problems. Well, it did have a lot of brake dust, as he's pointing out, and I spotted that earlier in the race. Um, Felix Bo Rigby has mentioned there was a Mercedes in GT500 in 2003. It wasn't brilliant. It certainly wasn't. That was built in Asia. We also saw a Maserati MC12 running in GT300, in GT500 at one point, and it was l- losing a second a corner. Its downforce wasn't enough, so that was and that was a fully loaded MC12. So that just gives you an indication of how fast these prototype style cars are. Lap times at Fuji for GT500. We haven't seen the fastest lap so far in this race because that that screen is in Japanese, so we can't really read it properly. Uh, but we were seeing in qualifying one minute 27s in GT500, and I think it was one minute 38 in GT300. So there's about a 10 second differential between the two classes so first safety car period of the race as the flags fly not only on the track for the double waved yellows and also slippery surface flag I notice being displayed down towards turn one as that tyre debris still needs to be retrieved but also lots of flags flying in the crowd in that uh, massive grandstand opposite the start and finish line and also the, the pits which could be set to get busy although everyone's deciding to stay out apart from the 25 car which is the one that had the incident on uh, something like lap four or five car 25 from gt300 has managed to get back to pit road and this is the viva c toyota 86 with takemitsu matsui starting it with uh, 10 extra kilos some shuffling taking place on the start and finish line this is the GT500 cars getting ahead of the 300 that's exactly what's going on I thought I was going to say that Johnny because it looks like obviously it looks if from the outside almost like they're stopping the race well what's actually happening is there's a there's a chap with a board on the right hand side of the starting grid brave fellow I think stopping all the GT300 cars and separating them out from the GT500 cars and then we're going to get two restarts and there you go he's giving the wave to the Prius saying right GT500's gone now you can go now we can go and get ready for a proper restart so uh, I, I wish uh, there's a NASCAR race at Talladega this evening which I'm, I'm going to be watching as well with great interest it's one of my favourites now one of the things in, in racing I'd love to see more of are the NASCAR style 2x2 two two restarts we don't get that here but I'd love to see more of that so lots of kind of powder dry uh, dust and uh, almost a kind of industrial strength cleaner needing to mop up what the Lamborghini has left. The car itself, the Gallardo, has been recovered, but this uh, cement dust or something far more technical than that, no doubt, being laid down to make sure that the oil is mopped up and also any bits of rubber cleared away should anyone else fall off the circuit at turn one. Yellow uh, Yellow lights are flashing on the starting gantry as well. A reminder that it is the number one car that leads the way from the 12, so both Nissan GTRs having that really good battle at the head of the order. From car 36, James Rossiter, the first of the Lexus RCFs. In uh, sixth position, it's uh, Daiki Sasaki, having had a good start in the Kondo Racing uh, Nissan. That's the first, I reckon, of the Yokohama Shod cars, also a Nissan GTR. So Yokohama may be struggling to get to get their tyre working well. What sort of weight is the number 24 car on? Uh, not at all. So should be maybe break into those four Bridgestone uh, tyred cars just ahead of it. 38 in no hurry to go anywhere, sadly, because Zent with a lot of work to do after problems 
well in the opening stages of the race that we didn't see a great deal of. It qualified well, did this car, number 38, third position, but is in pit road, and that does not look like the work of a moment, Sam. No, the whole front ends off, as we can see. Because of the, the secrecy around these cars, they don't really like you having a good look at what's going on under the engine, so we can't really see what they're working on, but it looks a bit to be a bit more than brakes to me. So I suspect there may be a more serious problem. All of these Lexus cars are identical to each other, so what befalls one can befall another, though the teams do have a bit of freedom to tweak and fiddle underneath the bonnet. There we're getting a good look at the front of the Patronus Lexus with these big protuberances on the front, these sort of lobster claws. This is part of the Fuji Speedway aero package. And um, a bit more information there. The Lamborghini, well, I think that was more than a tyre failure. Uh, there is oil down on the entrance to Turn 1, which is why we saw those other cars fly off. We thought it maybe was the J-Lock teammate going off in sympathy. Not so much, it, and that's why the NSX also went off. There is oil down there just at the breaking point. Cause or effect, not quite sure. So just to rephrase what I was saying about the Yokohama uh, tyre, they're not. Uh, their car is not in the top five because actually it's car 17 running in fifth position of Kudai Tsukakoshi in the Kaihin Real Racing Honda NSX GT. So that is in fifth position behind the two Lexus and behind the two Nissans. And the GT300 field again bunching up on the start-finish line. Maybe because there is still some unravelling to do of the field. So the bulk of that has been done now, actually. So GT300 cars joining the back of the, uh, well, I can say 15 GT500 cars. There aren't quite 15, because remember, car 38 is in pit road. Should have 14 cars, though, working their way down to turn one. Yuki Wakasaka, I wouldn't want to get in an argument with him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his happy face. Yeah, indeed. That's his super concentrated phase, isn't it? With the clenched fist to the camera. He means business, even though he's not in the car right now. Well, safety cars are fairly unusual in Super GT, as I just noticed the uh, Autovac CRZ hasn't got his headlights on, nor is the BRZ behind him, the Subaru. Um, they are apparently looking at the Code 60 procedure, which we see in some other championships in this series. The drivers are very disciplined in Super GT, and that's because they have a completely different sort of registration system. To race in Super GT, you have to go and do a Gran Turismo-style license test and set a certain lap time in, a, in one of the proper cars. You can't just go with an international racing license and hop in the car. You have to do special sets of testing, which is why people like Jan Mardenbro, Lucas Ordonez have had to go and do that. But I think it's quite interesting to see that we've got you know, top-level European drivers like Ordonez, who is who has come from a computer game where you <laughs> can know, yeah. where you can drive these Super GT cars in Gran Turismo, mm. and in part of the PlayStation Academy, you get to drive these cars, and then you uh, he's actually doing the real thing. I think that's fantastic. I, I'm reminded as well, uh, seeing this race for real, just how realistic uh, Gran Turismo as a game can be, because there were elements of that race start particularly that reminded me straight away of the uh, computer game and uh, you can see why that game has become so popular I suppose uh, if the support for a real life race is this good then everyone wants to wants their uh, go at it whether it's uh, in virtual reality or, or for real well this is essentially the Gran Turismo racing series these are the yeah. ultimate cars if you've played the original one like I did at university this was the top level car you could get in the game now I know it goes a bit further than that but these were the best you could get other than that crazy Suzuki of uh, Monster Tajima. Well, 
someone's just asked us on the uh, in the YouTube stream, can you use whatever, whatever year car you like in GT300 as long as it passes the safety rules? Yes, you can. If it's a GT300, GT3 car in GT300, and it's homologated in GT3, you can race it in GT300. Now, I don't know why you'd race an older car, because it probably wouldn't be competitive. In GT300, the GT3 cars have their own balance of performance, but there's an overall GT300 balance of performance to mix up all of those other confusing types, as we finally see that Autobacks NSX come to pit road, possibly for some repairs as well as tyres and fuel. A glimpse there of the GT300 cars. As I've mentioned a number of times, it is the Toyota, Pri Toyota Prius that leads the way on the Bridgestone tyres of Kota Sasaki. But behind Kota, it's Kazuki Hoshino in the Nissan GTR GT3, then Bjorn Wernheim in the Mercedes-Benz with the Dunlop tyres from Gainer. And also in fourth position, it's the other Gainer car. So although they started in the reverse order from the starting grid, 10 ahead of the 11. Bjorn Wernheim has worked hard there to move ahead of Andre Kuto. So the Swede ahead of the... Where's Andre from? Is it Portugal? Yes, Portuguese driver. Uh, I think he's... Well, he's Macau's local. almost Portugal. <laughs> it is. Maybe there's on Macau licence, but... We're okay. just consulting with our producer, Tim Gray, who is an expert in all things Spanish or even Spanish-sounding, like Portuguese. For some reason, he's driving then on a Portuguese licence. Um, but uh, Well, I don't think Macau has a sanctioning, but no, it must do, because Teddy Yip and the Theodore Racing Car. So, OK, we're, we're confused about the, uh, the nationality of Andre Couto. As we're talking about that, I'm just going to have a look at some more of the questions on the YouTube channel. Born in Lisbon, which is very definitely Macau. Yeah, Li Lisbon-Macau, there yeah. you are. I went to Lisbon Airport once, it was terrible. Um, looking at the cars, now it, this is a long safety car period for not much of an in incident. Now this is because a lot of the guys now are thinking about that tyre strategy. 15 laps done of 110, still too early if you're going to be on a pure two-stop strategy, but you've got to be thinking about, there's not much life coming out of these tyres, but you're losing tyre temperature all the time. So it's going to take two or three laps for these cars to get back up to full speed, and well, are we seeing this? I think we're seeing the field pull back now as getting ready for the restart. It looks like that is what is happening, Johnny. OK, so still labelled on the screen, if you're watching our feed, that the safety car is out on track, as we can see. He is uh, labelled as a Macanese driver, but born in Lisbon, which is... Uh, he moved to Macau with his family when he was four years old. So uh, he's, he's, he's Portuguese. He is definitely and look at that, they've got problems for the leader. Uh, now, yellow light's still flashing, but uh, they're getting away as the safety car lights are off and the safety car is in pit road. So Ronnie Quintarelli uh, almost side-by-side side there with João Paulo de Oliveira, the Brazilian not hanging about at all. James Rossiter in their wake in third position as Rossiter has a little bit of a sneaky look at the inside of de Oliveira. And, and spin, quite spin. Come off. Spin behind for two cars. Uh, which ones are they then, Sam? Uh, that is the... Oh, the Enios RCF, but it's right in the way of the GT300 field as they get their restart, and the that uh, was the green and black uh, GTR there shooting off down there. Now it's not the S Road car because we've seen them have a penalty. I've forgotten the name of that car just this second. 
but we've seen the red car and the blue car. What happened at the start like there? There seemed to be either a bit of gamesmanship going on or a little bit of miscommunication, but it looks like Ronnie Quintarelli didn't quite get on the gas at the same time as JP Oliveira did. Maybe Oliveira was getting annoyed at us calling him uh, Portuguese when he's from Macau or something but he didn't quite get off the line in his NSX and the car's all bunched up and that's really what caused that, those two cars to spin at turn one. More shuffling taking place further down the order as well of the GT500 cars as they all funnel their way through that tight chicane and then up to the very tight left-hander as well. This is where the downforce of your car needs to be working well, both mechanical and aero grip to then give you a good slingshot out of the final corner down this all-important Long, long straight where the cars will get up to at least 300 kph. Meanwhile, what's happening down in the GT300 pack? It looks still to be the 31 car, surprise, surprise, leading the way with that hybrid system. Side by side further back, though, in the GT500 class. There's two cars. If the race had ended there, that would have been an absolute dead heat, I think, for these two machines. Both Lexus, and they're about to turn in, but is it going to be after you or after him? And finally, one of those cars has to yield, but it was uh, side by side, door handle to door handle through the left, through the right hand turn of turn one. Well, that's the Wedsport Bando car that came off best. It's now being passed by the dark blue Raybrig NSX. That's a car we saw had problems earlier. Now, those NSXs are all bottoming out a little bit. We did see damage on the outer car, but I've just seen the same thing on the, the Raybrig car, which also, okay, we've had some contacts, but they are sparking, so it's worth keeping an eye on that. But yeah, that, that, ooh, now that wet sport at Lexus is really struggling. I don't know if he's either not got his tyres up to temperature, but he's being mugged by everybody around this Fuji Speedway. Ronnie Quintarelli leads from Sao Paulo de Oliveira on lap 17. From James Rossiter, Koei Hirate and Kaude Tsukakoshi in the Honda NSX GT. So Michelin from four Bridgestone shod cars. And then the first of the Yokohama runners is Daiki Sasaki for Kondo Racing in car 24 in sixth position. GT300 still headed by the Toyota Prius number 31 from car 3. Kazuki Hoshino going strongly in the GT3 version of the Nissan GTR. And then the two Gainer entered cars, not both Mercedes. One's a Mercedes, one's a Nissan on their Dunlop tyres. They are in third and fourth positions, but they've changed places from the grid order. It's car 11 ahead of 10. More overlapping at turn one. That's a great overtaking opportunity because if you find the outside line, well, so what is the inside line at turn one? Very quickly becomes the outside line into quick turn two. Uh, the nature of this track is people forget this is a Herman Tilke designed race circuit. But this is probably one of his best works, apart from one in America that nobody's ever heard of, Atlanta. Um, in it, I forget even the name of it, Road Atlanta, not Road Atlanta. There's another track in Atlanta that's been built by Herman Tilker and it's very nice layout. But this track has been adapted from its original layout oh, by Herman Tilker and he's done a fantastic job with so it. This must be very early on in his circuit designing career, but it's more of a kind of... Uh Readdressing of the uh, or, or reimagination, you might say, of the Fuji circuit, I suppose. Eight car going up on the dolly jacks, which is not something we like to see. That's Kazuki Matsura for Arta and their NSX Concept GT car. So well, that car had a lot of front end damage. We were looking at as yeah. we take a quick look at a rather bored looking Heike Kovalainen. Um, <laughs> Wants but, to be in the car, that's why. Yeah, there was quite. They they tried a bit of racer tape and big old one of those big sort of orange 
patches you see quite often in NASCAR being bolted onto the front of Bonnet, but it didn't really work, and there was quite a lot of damage on the right front of that NSX, so I, I think they'll get it fixed, but I think we'll see it back out. So the battle we're keeping an eye on at the moment is the scrap between cars 39 and 17, Kohi Gerate. Was Coe who started the 39 car? Let me just check on the starting lineup. Car 39 has come through from seventh position, yes, and it is uh, Kohai Herati who's sharing with Heike Kovalainen. So we'll see the Finn on board the number 39 car if all goes to plan later on in the race. And it'll be interesting to see how they utilize their driver lineup. All the GT500 cars with two drivers allocated to each car and you reckon it's going to be a two-stop race uh, the tyre companies were saying it is going to be a two-stop two race and it's, that's down as down for tyres I think I don't think they can run that distance on fuel so you may see some fuel only stops in this but of course there has been a safety car period yes only for a short period of time but that will give give them a little bit of wriggle room perhaps for this first stint of the race and we were expecting the race to it's 110 lap race with the lap times you see you're looking at just over three hours in terms of race time so I don't think these cars can run for over an hour between fuel so I think you'll see a few splash and dashes going on particularly at the end of the race and the gap is growing is it or coming down I'm struggling to work out that graphic there between fourth and fifth place cars it looks like it's growing to me as Ronnie Quintarelli goes over the line certainly he's aging away only very slightly but the gap between Gia Paolo Di Oliveira arguably just a little bit bigger on the straight there's the battle of fourth and fifth and then maybe it is coming down with the Honda NSX of Kaudai uh, Tsukakoshi reeling in the Lexus Team Saad RCF of Koei Hirate. Now this could be down to the tyres Johnny because that cooling period that the tyres could, could just the, the heat cycles will work a little bit better for a different tyre manufacturer on a different car with a different suspension layout and they well the suspension layout is actually the same but the different aero loadings it could just make that Honda come to the track come to the Honda, if you like, and the tyres come to the Honda. We saw that as we see this great battle between one of the BMWs and the Mercedes in GT300. The tyres the could just see these cars and the positions yo-yoing a bit. At the moment, it's all stable up front in both classes, but it's not always going to remain that way. Wait till the start, tyres start to wear out, and you'll suddenly see the fights re-emerging right through the field, as you are seeing in GT300 in the battle for 5th and 6th. Yeah, and is that, does that mean the Ferrari then is in uh, seventh position as the graphic scans through? Eighth position for the Ferrari, car 77, taking a watching brief then on the battle ahead involving car 65 in fifth place. Car 65 is that Leon Racing Mercedes-Benz. It was started from fifth position by Haruki Karasawa. Uh, so, chasing that down is the Team Study BMW with the Steiff branding. Now, that is the team that is looking to bring a GT500 BMW or DTM BMW to this series as we see the Autobax car re-emerging and a battle for position as that blue NSX in 10th position starts moving back through the field. But that blue and white keeper are... Oh, there is a lot of brake dust off those um, Lexuses. I just noticed it there going into the first turn on the keeper Tom's RCF. That's that's worth watching. I think there may be brake issues for these Toyotas. Mm. And, uh, yeah, if they continue to uh, 
drop a lot of uh, brake dust, therefore. Obviously, the pads are wearing thinner and thinner, and uh, that could compromise their stopping ability later on in the race. Sixth position is the Drago Modular Honda Racing NSX GT. So, car 15 was started by Takashi Kagure, sharing his drive with Oliver Turvey, the Cumbrian, this weekend. As four cars now power their way into turn one well not quite power they're all trying to stop as much, as much as they can and shed a load of speed fifth sixth seventh and eighth positions then tightly bunched with the ferrari trying to make progress and move towards the top five but he's got a very strong looking bmw just ahead and then that leon mercedes well honing into well, well actually now i was about to say something about that GT300 battle but we're having a good battle for fourth and fifth here between the Dento RCF the red and white red and white uh, Lexus and the battle between the blue and silver Cahin NSX and all oh, contact on the exit of turn one this is going to get a bit spicy somebody on the social media was saying you can't race this sort of car like a stock car with the bumping and banging well just wait <laughs> it's worked hasn't it for Kude uh, Tatsukashi Koshi because he uh, managed to get the inside line crucially for turn two there on the outside around turn one which gave him the optimum position to get the place and Tsukakoshi moving ahead then for the first time in this race to make it now Nissan from Nissan from Lexus from Honda that's the top four and can the uh, number 39 Lexus stick with it? Now, that is... That's the GT3 RCF. For a moment, it might be James Rossiter. No, it's position. the Tom's Tom's Run GT3 Petronas Intium um, Lexus RCF. This is a GT3 car, which isn't homologated in GT3, apparently, but is racing in GT3 for reasons no one can fully explain, but it is okay. there. Looks like a left-front tyre failure, quite clearly, uh, so limping back. Tyre failures are surprising because we haven't seen much debris on the track other than from that Lamborghini so if that tyre's failing we could see a few more going as the Battle GT300 at the front seems to be closing up a bit as well the Prius seems to be falling back into the clutches of that BMAX GT3 as you see here as the laps progress yeah he is certainly just nibbling away at the back of that little Toyota now yeah, the Toyota Prius not going to have its the race all its own way as we are on lap 23 of this 110 lap affair. So getting a little closer now to a quarter distance as it is nose to tail into that hard braking for the sharp right-hander followed by this technical chicane. The Toyota Prius though looking like it's got good drive through that slow speed and mid-range corner. Well, he's got that magic boost button, hasn't he? He just accelerates away with the hybrid system. So let's see what difference that makes as they come onto this all-important start-finish straight, because this is where the Prius makes all of its time, and it drives away from that GTR Nismo, the BMAX run car. And probably likewise onto this uh, long straight again he can really edge away so that's tantalizing isn't it for the car in second position the b-max at nissan to get so so close through the well is it the high end speed maybe when the hybrid tops out and then the nissan can catch up on the really high speed stuff let's have a look at what happens at the end of this really long straight the nissan i think is catching now but this is the time of course that they have to break for turn one as the sixth place battle goes over the line still mercedes ahead of bmw and ferrari and behind that what's the uh, 
Oh, that's another Z4, is it? No, that there, there, there is the CRZ back there. Oh, that's the, the Honda. Okay. And then tiny, yeah, yeah. just hanging into the background is the Work Subaru, which we haven't spoken about much, but there is a Work Subaru in this race, BRZ, boxer engine. You just see it there, blue and yellow car, and it is just creeping up on the back of those cars as we see the leaders come up to that battle. Now, that could get quite spicy as these two red car, blue car race, the GTR battle, meets the other battle of the GTRs. Indeed, so the first and second place scrap in the overall standings about to catch up on that 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th and 10th place fight within GT300. Still a very warm day here at Fuji, 25 degrees Celsius in the air. And this time, Ronnie Quintarelli able to edge away slightly from Sao Paulo de Oliveira. It's all going to bunch up. You can guarantee, though, as they work their way through the right-left-right flick. And then here's the many cars battling for sixth position within GT300, all trying to be sixth place within that class and, of course, about to be lapped. So they'll have to concentrate on their own little battle but also be wary that these super-quick cars want to get by and uh, kicking up the dust there, Ronnie Quintarelli, That's half brave. on the grass and half on the asphalt. Yeah, that, that was a very brave manoeuvre. And uh, just, you know, going on the grass to get past this battle. Now, it's, they've caught them in a good place because they can just drive by the lot of them down this long straight maybe even pick up a bit of a tow which is well I thought the Calsonic car was going to try and do that from the Mercedes but the Mercedes fought better of it gap between first and second place cars down to 0.445 of a second if you're watching the live stream you can see that in the graphic in the corner and it's been coming down at a fair rate of knots I suppose in uh, motor racing terms a tenth of a second or thereabouts at each sector line is significant and that's partly to do with Ronnie Quintarelli having to deal with this slower moving traffic and of course Paolo Di Oliveira, Xiao Paolo Di Oliveira because he's the second car in the sequence may be able to react to the traffic ahead that little bit better in the Calsonic team impulse Nissan well, just looking at the, uh, the the gap between the two leading cars, there's not really much point in looking at the times because it's a visual gap and it's yo-yoing as they go through the traffic I uh, it's hard to work out which, if either of these cars has an advantage, is the Motul, the Anismo car, just controlling the pace? I don't think so, because you probably wouldn't with the Caltonic car just that close behind you. So are they really that evenly matched? I don't know. What do you reckon, Johnny? It is difficult to say because there are kind of so many variables, but I almost get the feeling that Quintarelli isn't able to really uh, let the hammer loose because he's got to deal with all this slower traffic. However... Xiao Paolo Di Oliveira is not going away and between Michelin and Bridgestone clearly they've got the BOP sorted well in this championship if it's necessary because uh, despite there being differences between these two Nissan GTRs they are very evenly matched well 8 kilos on the on the blue one and no kilos on the red one and that as well Michelin's yeah. on the red one Bridgestone's as you say on the blue one uh, they are working through the tra I mean oh, the traffic is there's the, there's the uh, what was the eighth place Ferrari making a move on the on the seventh place BMW, and it looks like that place has changed. As maybe thinking about threading the eye of the needle, there was one of the GT500 cars sensibly tucked to the left hand side and got the move done through turn two. That, but that BMW driver did not like the move on the Ferrari, trying to repay the favour here. Yeah, well, as as he's getting the GT500 cars, yeah. I should have guessed, I should have yeah. guessed that. I mean, the, 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 the BMW there is, is kind of pseudo-works back to, as a preparation for the GT500 campaign that is going to come soon enough. 
that's why we have a essentially all pro driver lineup in GT300, which isn't really in the spirit of it. Most GT300 teams will have a pro driver and am driver as we get a drive-through penalty for the Enios car. Not entirely sure what that was for unless you got a bit muscular in the traffic. I'm sure we'll see a replay of that in a minute, as we do. And it was contact further back. Ooh, ah, that was at the restart, so he got blamed for taking out the car in front and the car behind him. Right. I, yeah. That's probably a fair shout. Uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure. I, no, I think he just got caught out by the field concertinering up. I think that's a little bit unfair, but that's the penalty he's got. Yep. It's been uh, viewed and viewed again, no doubt, by the clerk of the course to come to that decision. Into pit road comes the number 10, Gainer GTR, with Andre Couto. Is he from Macau? Is he from Portugal? We'll continue that argument for the uh, rest of this. He was born in Lisbon, but he moved to Macau for after four years. So he has Macanese citizenship, but he is nevertheless from Portugal. I have Nigerian citizen and citizenship and English citizenship. Like He's probably got Portuguese citizenship as well, so what am I? It looks <laughs> like, though, to almost in an effort to avoid any more confusion, Andre's going to get out of the car and hand over to one of his two co-drivers. Is it going to be Katsumasa Chio or Ryuchiro uh, Tomita? Uh, that's, yeah, that's Andre Kuto. Yeah, so we didn't see that with the eight kilos of ballast on that Dunlop shod car. Jörg Muller uh, about to get out of the number seven BMW as well after that really good move. Well, I was going to say really good move. It wasn't because he lost out to the Ferrari in the end, but it was a cracking battle for sixth, seventh and eighth within GT300. More action taking place this time. Uh, That's with, for the lead for yes, the GT300 class. Yes, has been a change of lead. No, there hasn't. Not it's quite, still the Prius no. just ahead, isn't it, of... Uh, Hoshino, but certainly Hoshino turning the screw here on the leading Toyota. Well, they're trying to do it on on pace. As I just spotted one of the other GT86s has coasted to a halt out on the track. Um, we didn't see that on screen, but it looks like it's just conked out. Uh, that little Prius, just look at the way it boosts out of that final sector. Nobody can do anything about it. So I think what's happening here is that number 10 GT300 GTR made his stop for driver change in tyres and fuel, of course to try and get a little bit of what they call in Formula 1, and that's a term I hate, the undercut on the Prius, to try and get in front of him on pit strategy only. So go out and run in clean air as we see one of the Atasha Zero cars. Now this is a style of paint job you only see really see in Japan, but I absolutely love it. It's the cartoon characters, be they Vocaloids, in the case of Hatsune Miku, as we're seeing, and or uh, an anime, so we've seen all sorts of that very popular Japan, Japanese style of animation be put all over the car. Itasha means painfully embarrassing in Does direct it? English. Yeah, so these cars were considered painfully embarrassing <laughs> for <laughs> okay. Japanese people. It had been doing pretty well, I thought. Far from painfully embarrassing. From fourth position, that car stops and is dropping to eighth place. No doubt ninth or tenth place once the stop is done. Those synonymous with the Mercedes gullwing doors being popped up on both sides of the car and the driver finishing the stint, stepping out. New driver getting in, so Katayoka to Taniguchi. And this is already over half a minute for a stop because uh, it takes a fair old while to get the fuel into one of these GT3 cars. So the well, fuel is uh, suddenly pulled loose of the car, plenty of fuel dribbling down the side of the car, and now the tyre change will take place. I'm just doing a quick calculation, um, Johnny, on the length of stint for these GT300 cars. Now, we know they've not all stopped, but we can expect to see this uh, little Prius 
coming in fairly soon, as we can with the other GTR. A little bit dependent on tyres, but the fuel is going to be roughly the same in all of the different types of car in the GT300 field. We've seen that the GT500 cars can go a bit longer than GT300s. 29 laps done and dusted of this 110-lap, 500-kilometre event for round two of the 2015 Japanese Super GT season. RadioLamont.com, powered by Nismo. Eat, sleep, race, repeat, and more pit lane action, this time for the, what was it, is that the Leon Mercedes? No, it's the Gainer Mercedes, number 11, I beg your pardon. So from second position, Bjorn Verdheim brings... Car 11 in, and it'll be a new set of Dunlops at the very least for the Swede. I would imagine that Bjorn's going to get out of that car and hand over to uh, Katsuyuki Hiranaka. Well, another drive-through penalty being doled out. The uh, race director clearly is paying attention. That's for the Raybrig NSX. Almost certainly again for avoidable contact. We'll see the replay in a second. But on the subject of GT300, I can see a marginal pit stop issue. It's On my calculations, we're seeing a very long number which ends in a decimal nine, which means you're not going to quite make the race finish. So you, on a 28 by 28 by 28 stop strategy, we're going to see three stops in the GT300 class. Still thinking we're going to see two now overall in the GT500s, but we still haven't seen what that penalty for the, the NSX there was. Excellence Porsche stopping. Andre uh, uh, Alexandre Imperatori, rather, started that car, and he will hand over to Kenta Yamashita, new set of Yokohamas for the number 33 Porsche with its giant rear wing, of course being a GT3 car, so lots of rear downforce to make sure that the that Porsche's rear end is planted on the uh, high-speed corners. That's 30 laps up now as the tyre change about to take place. As the change of lead is about to take place there, indeed. finally the GTR has got past that little Prius, and I reckon... As a result, if the Prius can't get immediately back past him, we'll see them both dive into the pits any moment. So can the Toyota come into its own again through the, well, slower and mid-speed uh, corners because that's where it's dominant, but the Nissan managed to get the place at the end of that really long straight. Fire extinguishers being used here on the 100 car. That's the Raybrick NSX. That's the one that got the, the drive-through penalty. So it looks like the drive-through penalty's turned into a caught fire penalty. Dolly Jack's going under the car, so I think we won't see much more of that car up at the sharp end. Oh, dear. And it started in 11th position. Didn't really get much better than that because of an incident-packed opening, what, 40 minutes or so. Lap 31, then, of this 500-kilometre race. Five cars working their way through the chicane now and towards the tight and twisty final part of the lap. So the Toyota Prius very definitely has slipped to second position and cannot, at the moment, offer an instant reply because but that uh, GTR is edging away. But this is the point, Johnny, where the Prius gets a little bit advantage. We just saw the lap times for the Prius on the screen. They seem quite consistent, as they are on the GT3 Nissan, so I don't think we're going to see either of them come in this time by the pits, but we know they're due fairly soon, and we will see how much that Prius can boost its way back up to the back of the Nissan. Now here we see why he got his... Ah, right. That's not meant to do that. No, I, I would say that as well. <laughs> I'm not that mechanically minded, but uh, to have a big lick of flame at the, out of uh, one of the exhaust pipes, quickly extinguished, but it's been taken into the garage to maybe ascertain exactly why that happened. Uh, well, it, it, it never did serve its drive-through penalty. It, 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 um, it, it, it 
Well, but well, it's busy being yeah. catching fire instead, <laughs> isn't it? And uh, as you say, that's not as the designer intended, so it'll need to be sorted out if, if indeed that car can rejoin the race, but it's lost an awful lot of time, so this has instantly been turned into a test session, sadly, for that squad. Meanwhile, the B-Max GTR is edging away a full second now of a margin over uh, Sasaki in the Toyota Prius. Uh, Sasaki is going to need to pit that white uh, Toyota GT86 we keep seeing in the back of the shot we didn't see its retirement but it does appear to be very much out of the race that is actually the number 20 the number 5 car sorry the Max Saken with Iricorn 86C West Beautifully pronounced and announced there Sam yes uh, that's uh, not exactly a title that trips off the tongue make sure that uh, all the sponsors are included in the team name and it's quite a lineup as well for the uh, number five car of Tetsuji Tamanaka. The driver that started that car is Shogo Mitsuyama, and then Yunichiro Yamashita will get a stint as well. Well, Satoshi Motoyama, we're just seeing getting past uh, Koguri in the, the Honda there, just making position up to sixth place for the S Road Mola GTR. And that, all, that car also, just going through this long right hander about turn four here at Fuji, you just see sparks out of most of the GT300s, GT500, sorry, on the, on the front splitter. It's quite cool to look at, I like sparks. Sparks are always good. I noticed that in the uh, WC race earlier on in this weekend, particularly in the opening laps, the barge board bottoming out as over the line goes the one of the lower order GT500 cars. This still looks suspiciously like a fifth place battle within GT300, and it is the 55 car just ahead of the 77 machine. Well, that Subaru just hasn't quite got the pace to get onto the back of them, has he? He's just uh, the BRZ is a car that, since he was introduced into this championship, has always been a. It's not quite made up for the potential. It's a well-funded team. They've changed tyre supply this year. They've got backing. It is a works car from Subaru. And they just never quite managed to get onto the back of it. It has a WRC Impreza-derived EJ20 uh, boxer, four-cylinder engine in it. It's got prouder nice. boxer stumped on the front. Yeah. It's just not quite there, is it? It's just not quite as quick as any of the other cars in its class. Audi R8 making a stop. That's car... Is it 27? Just trying to read it on the bonnet there. The 21. It was close. Uh, so that comes in for a stop now. And there are a couple of baddies, I think, in this race. Yeah, that, that's the that's the not-at-all um, works-backed car in that it's the only car in the field that actually on the entry list has its the correct name. It's an Audi R8 LMS. Ultra. And started by Richard Lyons. So, and st a certain Stefan Ortelli, the Monegasque driver, uh, with us this weekend, along with Tomonobu Fuji. I mean, that is a good, that's a strong driver lineup. And, you know, again, this is Richard Lyons is a former Super GT Championship. As we see, the S Road, the S -road uh, Nissan GTI really is coming into its sweet spot with these tyres. It is working its way through, making its position up to fifth now. And just look behind it, there is no sign of the Honda it just overtook. It is working its way through. Speaking of overtaking, here comes that Ferrari finally, and still not making it stick. Yeah, Yokomizo having uh, more than a good look at the black Mercedes, and this may be an opportunity for Kobayashi now in the CRZ to certainly draw alongside the Ferrari it's got a bit of an overlap, can it force the situation, yes it can into turn two, so the CRZ of Kobayashi makes the move and gets fourth position away from the Italian car. This is the tyres going off Johnny, this is what I was talking about earlier, we're seeing these tyres coming into play and the 
the car's shuffling position as one tyre manufacturer's tyres and setup starts to drop off and then it gets more and more shuffled. Then it'll all sort itself out, but we'll end up with a really good stop. Now, this is the first, I think, scheduled stop for GT500, the 64 Epson NSX, and this is a you know, heavily popular works-backed car with Bertrand Baguette just about to hop out and give over to his teammate. Yeah, Bertrand about to hand over to Daisuke Nakajima for Epson and their number 64 car. So where was that when the car pitted? It was within the top 10, so going pretty strongly. More Lapri taking place this time with... The mid-order, is that the race leader, in fact? Ronnie Quintarelli, I think, having to deal with, yes, it was, the Ferrari and Mercedes and uh, Honda battle. As Meanwhile, this stop continues on for the modular squad. That's the new team in the championship this year, replacing the... Uh, no, it's not. I'm, I'm not telling the truth. It's not the new team. <laughs> That's the wider, was the wider modular squad last year. The new team is Drago Racing Car. So Drago. Oh, it, sorry, I am right. I, I should listen to myself. It, <laughs> yeah, you really should. Yeah, I really Along should. With talking, you yeah. should listen to what you're saying because most of it is correct. I, I, I was absolutely right. Yeah, that is the new team that stands in. Uh, it's a Honda back team right. that's coming to replace the Dome team that withdrew at the end of last year. The reason for that withdrawal from GT500 for Dome is now clear. Toyota has taken over most of that facility, so they are now really a Toyota TRD backed organisation rather than a Honda backed organisation as they were in the past. And an opportunity for Oliver Turvey to get on board that car now, taking over from Takashi Koguri it looked like they are running with 10 kilos of ballast and uh, started in 8th place so smack bang in the middle of a 15 car lineup, have made a bit of progress in the opening stint. And Turvey on loan from McLaren Formula 1 to be competing in this series for Honda so that's the uh, engine manufacturer connection which uh, buys you a really quick driver and uh, Le Mans winner of course last year in the P2 division well, you've got multiple really quick drivers in this championship one of the reasons you see such big names come here is quite simple bank balances uh, they, the, the European drivers who come to contest the Super GT championship get paid very handsomely to do so well that would certainly entice me to get involved and, of course, you get to drive some uh, an awesome bit of equipment around some, some really good circuits uh, in Japan and further afield. Well, LMP1 speed here, yeah. at, uh, or slightly quicker than 2014 LMP1 speed here at Fuji Speedway, which is, is, is mind-boggling. It is, indeed. In, in what looks like a touring car, I know once you delve underneath the skin, they're anything further from, the, further from a touring car, although there are grand touring cars clearly in this race as well in GT300. But these are purebred racing cars, thoroughbreds at the pointy end of the field. Here is one of them, number 39, taking a stop. So this is Koei Hirate, which ran in fifth position for the early part of this race. It's dropped away from that spot, though, as we are on lap 36 now. So car 39 was running in sixth position, the Denso RCF. The driver is stood there waiting to take over that car, so that will be a kickover line and no less. Yeah, and I mean, Kovalainen got a bit of flack in his national press for coming to do this championship. The finish obviously not being up to speed on quite how potent these GT500 and how serious this GT500 class really is. I think they've learnt that lesson now pretty quickly looking at how strong the field is and actually how little impact Kovalainen has had directly on it. He's still learning these sports cars and this style of racing multi-class, not something he's used to, pure single-seater background. 
but we will see, I think, more drivers like Kovalainen and Kobayashi coming to this championship in future years. So Kovalainen will be on board the uh, Lexus Team Saad RCF for the middle stint of this race. It's assuming it becomes a two-stopper, might be a three-stopper as uh, it unfolds. But decent stop that to get it fueled to driver change and four new tyres it looked like. 56 seconds stationary and you have to obviously add uh, to that the length of time it takes you to trundle down the pit lane as well. And Hakey will rejoin now, careful not to cross the blend line and give opportunity for the drivers already in the race to get into turn one on the optimum line. Just out breaks himself a little bit there, does Hakey? Well, um, no tyre warmers in this championship, so he's ah, just got in. Right. And it's if you've ever got, got, gone karting and got back and driven around and done it, it, the kart sticks really well as you drive around the circuit. Then yeah. suddenly you jump, it, you jump into something different or jump into a oh, cart that's been oh, sat in the pits because yeah. you've broken the last tires, one. Yeah. Uh, it's undrivable, mm. and that's what this series is like. You, you've got them to completely stone-cold tyres and got to heat them up so you lose loads of time. Uh, one thing we're not seeing is what's going on in GT300 in terms of pit stops. The Prius has dropped back to 5.1 seconds now behind that leading GTR. They are both due, well overdue for pit, for pit stops now on tyres, but what we're seeing in GT500 is absolutely on the nail two-stop uh, strategy. So uh, this is a two-stop race for all the GT500 cars, okay. if it goes to plan. Yeah. That safety car period, as we mentioned earlier on, will have helped that situation just to back off the pace for what was only about three or four laps in the end, I think. So car 36 expected in pit road imminently, as is the number six car as well. Car 36 running in third position with James Rossiter at the wheel, so he's going to hand over to Daisuke Ito, it would appear. And car number six is the Enios Sustina RCF, with Kazuya Oshima driving that. Race leader still staying out, Ronnie Quintarelli, with the BMW to deal with in a moment. Here is James Rossiter then from third position for Toms. The car goes up on its internal jack system. Tyres changed instantly, and already Rossiter steps out and hands over to Ito. Home race for this Toms team. These cars are built and prepared about three minutes drive from the circuit entrance in Gotemba which is full of these little racing teams but this is the same team that runs Andre Lotterer in Super Formula so he's a regular visitor of these parts he's driven these cars at this circuit lots and lots of those top line drivers you'll see come through Tom's Tom Christensen is another example he's gone through that organisation and they're very strong locally in this area so whoever goes into Tom's is kind of the favoured son of Toyota at any given point I suppose Tom Christensen with his name would be welcomed at Tom's. Need another co-driver. Stands for Tachi Oyewet Motorsport. Ah, there we go. Yeah, okay. if anybody run wonders. It used to be, there used to be another fellow who was going to get involved, I don't know his name, but Mr M was going to be. It was going to be Tachi Oyewet Mr M Sport. It wasn't Malcolm Wilson. Um, <laughs> but he didn't turn up, didn't front up the money or something, and so it became Tachi Oyewet Motorsport. I see. A new set of uh, Bridgestones for the... Tom's car and Daisuke Ito then takes that machine back into the race it was running in third position clearly lost uh, a handful of places but when all this shakes out that car should still be in third position depending on the pace of the two cars ahead but it did look before we reached this uh, pit stop window if you like there's no strict window but this round of pit stops that the two Nissans did have the pace over the Lexus can they gain any ground during this pit stop phase though that uh, third place 
Lexus, I wonder. This is the Toyota Prius with the Green Tech sponsorship then coming in for its stop. Now, this is obviously the car that's led most of the race, but it was passed by that Nismo GT3 GTR just before it went. It was five seconds he lost in that, so we'll see if that BMAX car doesn't appear to have come in yet. So BMAX, I'd expect in fairly soon. That's another small team, but very big in Japanese racing, BMAX. They even manufacture their own G F Formula 4 car to race right. in the championship out there. Expecting a, a stop of about, uh, well, I was going to say 50 seconds. They've managed to cut that short and do 47.5 after four tyres being changed. And here is the race leader, Ronnie Quintarelli, after a stellar opening stint. The keeper's car is, keeper car is also in as well, keeper Tom's RCF, car number 37. But it looks like Calsonic stayed out there, Johnny. OK, so what was the second-place car? We'll take the race lead, maybe only for an extra lap, depending on how far they can go on this fuel load. But Quintarelli... Deciding to blink first between the two race leaders. He's certainly been put under pressure for the opening stint. Here's the 46 car, which is the S-Road Mola Satoshi Motoyama-driven car with its six kilos of ballast. Quite a few people uh, asking online about the uh, how Lucas Ordonez's car is faring. It's not been great here, to be honest. They've, had, they've been in the wars a little bit, bumping and boring. That's the green and black um, GTR, which I can never remember the name of because it's a very long name. It's the D-Station Advan GTR. It's running on, obviously, from the name, Yokohama tyres. But that's a set of new Michelin boots going on the Motul Ortec car, the reigning champions. And, well, that's some Michelin smoke in the sky. <laughs> it is indeed. Yes, quite a lot of it, in fact, from that view of the pit lane. Yeah, Daiki Sasaki started the D-Station Advan GTR. Lucas Odonez, the Spaniard, will take that car over. Uh, in fact, uh, Lucas will be in that car now, I would imagine, the 24 machine. Not having its best race, but there's still opportunity to improve. We're not even at half distance yet, as the McLaren will also rejoin, along with a former race leader. It was Ronnie Quintarelli. It's now Sugio Matsuda. Well, that's uh, Ordonez, I think, just getting in the background. We just saw oh, a yeah, glimpse of Ordonez getting in the back of that uh, GTR, the green and black car. And there's a long stop there for that uh, Lexus. I think there's trouble for that Lexus. This is the Keeper Tom's car, RCF of Andrea Calderelli, handing over to Rio Hirikawa. Very heavy car, we should uh, bear in mind. Yes, it won the opening round of the season, but uh, as a as, as gratitude and uh, a celebration of winning that opening round, you then get 40 kilos of ballast strapped into your car to make sure you're... Uh, rather slower than your opponents in the following round. Car 17 stopping, which is the Kaihin NSX, with Kudai Tsukakoshi doing the opening stint, so Hideki Muto will take that car over. And number three is the GT300 uh, race leader. Sam. Yeah, and now this is going to be really interesting to see when he comes out of the pits to see where he rejoins the circuit in relation to that little Prius, which is out there getting his tyres warm. Now, what you may find is he comes out in front, but on cold, cold tyres, the Prius may suddenly eat right back into his lead. So we'll see a good battle there. That's also what we're going to be looking for between the red car and the blue car, as we're going to call them all, year, all, all, all day, because it's the, the two Nissan GTRs that are at the front of this race overall. So it's the 
pregnant pause there whilst the fuel goes in. You can't do tyres whilst the fuel is going in on safety grounds. And now the pit crew burst into life to make sure that those tyres are, are changed super quickly. And the number three car will head back into the race. There's the Toyota Prius just working its way now through the penultimate corner and into the braking area for the tight right-hander. And the number three car should be way out in front here of the Toyota of the Toyota Prius. But the, the Toyota Prius is coming very, very fast as the No, the Prius is gonna get him, I, I think, think right, Johnny. You know. Yep, the Prius is gonna get him because he's gonna come at he's behind. You Way can see the him in the distance, but, but he's coming towards him very quickly and he's on warm tires. So this gap's thing. gonna and that was the uh, SLS just nipping in front, I think there. So the SLS may well may well have gained a lot of ground here during the pit stop phase, but this next lap is going to be crucial as far as the GT300 battle is concerned because the Toyota Prius is on brand new warm tyres, up to temperature tyres, so they'll be super sticky as opposed to the number three car, which is going to have to take half a lap or so to get their, those tyres up to temperature. Well, what you're also going to see in a minute as this Calsonic GTR leaves the pits, we need to be looking back down the start-finish straight because where is the number one car? There he is coming into that final corner and during the start-finish straight, it looks like the Calsonic car has got the lead and a bit of a gap, but those tyres, hot tyres versus cold tyres, Johnny. Again, and uh, of course drivers have changed now, so Sujio Matsuda is trying to hunt down Hironobu Yasuda here. That and was the car driven by uh, Jao Paolo de Oliveira, but it's now the Japanese of Yasuda on, on board. And, and he's locked up and gone off. He's gone off. Yes, he has. All sorts of dust being kicked up. He's gone very wide at turn one, and that's exactly what you were saying, Sam, about cold tyres. Has he rescued the situation? Flashing the lights in the background, Sujio Matsuda. This is maybe his chance to pounce when that blue car is going to be the slowest that it uh, may well be in the race. Side by side for the lead. Oh, that was easy work. Round the outside. Hot no knife through butter style, wasn't it? They're, they're, they're absolutely. It was the cold tyres. The, the Calsonic car just had no response to the Motor Lawtech, the reigning champions, who are setting off. And, yeah, well, the Macau Portuguese Lisbonite, well, his face that's there the, said, said a picture. That's the Oliveira. That's not Kuto, we should remember. Uh, of course, yeah. That, yeah. That. He's <laughs> very definitely Brazilian. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> I think. We think. We speak Portuguese. Although our, our, <laughs> our producer is out of the room at the moment, so I can't get official confirmation on that. Sujio Matsuda then leads the way, although goes a little bit wide to see through there. No, that's yeah, all well did, under control. Looked, that's no, right. that, looks, that looks wide to me, but I think he is just warming his tyres back in in the Calsonic car, and I think we'll see him come a bit closer. But that gap is there to stay. They're going to have to do it again at the next pit stop. So, advantage back with Motel Autec and the GTR, clearly the advantage with the Nissan GTR's full stop this weekend with those two cars out front. And here is a replay if you're watching the live stream of the blue car outbreaking himself. This is uh, Hironobu Yas uh, Yasuda after all that hard work from João Paulo Lima de Oliveira to give him his full name, just looking pensively at the screen and kind of helpless really, couldn't do a lot about that. And I'm sure had uh, Di Oliveira been at the wheel, he would have suffered also with those cold tyres now fully up to temperature. And what can Yasuda do to get back into the groove and try and reel in Sujio Matsuda? Still very warm, track temperature 34 degrees Celsius here in Fuji. We're on lap 43, so just another 12 laps to go before we reach half distance. 
Well, that cooling track temperature is going to help out the Prius a little bit. When you see track temperatures up at 39 degrees, 40 degrees, you find the hybrid systems on some cars really start to struggle and they actually start shutting down. We used to see that with the Red Bulls in Formula 1 quite often. But coming down to 34, it means the Prius might be able to get a bit more, eke a bit more out of that, that hybrid system. Now, what we haven't seen is how much of a gap was shut. The Prius is now back in 8th position and he is, well, 7th position because they're battling back there. Three seconds on the clock behind the GTR. We're not seeing it on the screen. We're still watching this CRZ Ferrari SLS battle. But the Ferrari now, I believe, has just taken the lead of that class, John. Yeah, absolutely right. Because first and third placed GT300 cars coming down pit road. That is the first stop for the 65 car, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. confused that for earlier on for the Gainer Sport car. But uh, yeah, 65 coming in for its first stop. So managed to stay out there pretty well on fuel. Also a stop for the 55 car, the Arta CRZ. So Ferrari will take the lead, car 77. When all this shakes out, we expect the three car, the B-Max Nissan, to be out in front with uh, Mitsunori Takaboshi now at the wheel of that number three car. Well, some interesting news coming out of the uh, our, our colleagues who are doing the WEC this weekend, aren't they? who seem to be watching the race live. We've got John Heindhoff has just sent an interesting tweet out to people watching this race. I think I've heard of him. Yeah, funny, funny accent, Villa. That's the one. Yeah. Um, he, he, he says he knows of one new GTA, GTE tyre manufacturer coming into the series. Now, I think I know who that is, but I'm not sure it's public knowledge yet. But more, more interestingly, because people are talking about the, the great tyre war we're seeing here in Fuji Speedway in GT, he's also saying he, see, he knows of one new LMP1 manufacturer who's going to bring a new tyre. Now, I don't know anything about that. So that is one that if you're following uh, at Specutainment on Twitter, you'll be looking at. If you're not, you really should be, because I think there's some interesting news coming out of uh, Belgium this weekend. It's not the 77 Ferrari that's out front. It's actually the number 18 car. And the 18 car is the team-up garage with Bando Toyota 86. And was it UGED to start that number 18 car? Uh, no, it was... Uh, Yuki Nakayama, by the way, uh, Yuji Ide or Marco Asman will take that car over uh, during its imminent pit stop. As, there's almost contact there between the Leon Mercedes and... Oh, well, that's the Subaru, that that's the, that's the Subaru BRZ. That's the... Yeah, yeah and that's the, the car we, that hadn't about. really made much of it. But he's just got a great run on the Leon, which I'm guessing has just come out of the pits. In fact, we know it has, it has yeah, on cold right. tyres. So that Subaru looks like it stopped earlier and has actually found its found its legs a little bit because that's a good move for the Subaru Takuto, Takuto Iguchi has been piloting that machine number 61 Hideki Yamauchi will also take a stint in that Subaru with the Dunlop tyres turning right there now in fact uh, we're back with the leaders in fact and uh, this is Matsuda ahead of uh, Yasuda well, there's racing racing everywhere at the moment I'm, I've, I've just seen the uh, the, the Nissan Australia guys tweeting about their run in the V8 Supercars, which is <laughs> running concurrently with this. So if, you, if you're if you a racing fan, this weekend really is. Um, it's lucky we've got Monday off, isn't it? True, yeah. We had to pack it all in. I'm sure there's a bank holiday meeting going on somewhere as well that you can uh, get to maybe if knock, you're listening knock in Hill. the UK. Knock Hill. Knock Hill. There we are. Perfect. And British, British GT is always traditionally run on Bank Holiday Monday at Rockingham, but it's actually a Sunday race, I believe, this year. So that's not an option. 
unless you get up super early uh, or just don't sleep just don't go to bed just watch motor racing all weekend well that's really been the strategy of some of the midweek motorsport and radio le mans and some of the nismo tv guys actually because there's been so much racing with wec in spa yesterday obviously the race out the racing out in the states at laguna seca in california that's right here at fuji speedway in Australia at the moment and of course tonight at Talladega so there, there really is a, a full spread and British GT of course I hadn't realised the whole of the motorsport season was kind of centralised around this weekend it does seem to be integral to the space time continuum almost and of course the cars you'll see in British GT today um, the, the GTRs with people like Chris Hoy at the wheel uh, they're exactly the same as the cars we're seeing on in the GT300 class so I would quite like to see Chris Hoy here's a message to Darren Cox who's probably listening somewhere in Indianapolis uh, get Chris Hoy out in Super GT that would be fun if you're watching the live stream, there is a rundown of how GT300 looks after 46 laps of this 110-lap race. And Gainer looking really good uh, to be out front at the moment after their uh, one stop, if that graphic was correct. Yes, it is. It's the 10 car, the Gainer Nissan GTR, that leads the way. So for whatever reason, the 3 BMAX uh, Nissan has lost a bit of ground during those pit stops, as has the Toyota Prius. And can they catch up on... Uh, both gainer cars that lead the way the 10 from the 11 then in third position it's the number three in fourth place the Toyota Prius so former race leader has slipped to fourth position now well I wonder if the gainer cars have played a bit of a blinder I think they both stopped much earlier than the other two cars they may have gone from more stops in the strategy I'm just having a quick look to look at the number of drivers in those cars Bjorn Verdheim in the SLS who started the car and Andre Couto well the SLS the gainer SLS has two drivers the GTR has three drivers. Okay, yeah, interesting. So that could be an interest. There's going to be an extra driver change in, in there for somebody. So that could play into the hands of the BMAX car, which has two drivers. Of course, the Prius, which has three drivers. But, of course, the 10 car could just hand back to... Oh, so the 11 car needs to hand back maybe to Bjorn Verdheim so he top and tails the race. Or they could double stint one of the or drivers if, if he felt drivers. stronger. It is only a three three and a bit hour race so it is possible to double stint switch the tyres and, and try and save some time that way I think there's some great strategy to come in the second round of stops at the moment what we're watching is the field sorting itself out there's second and third position in GT300 there's the Mercedes there's the Nissan mm. you can see the speed differential back to that McLaren which has struggled all year long Let's have a look, see down the back. Oh, we can't, I can't see the Prius back there. Oh, no, there he is, the little, just poking out behind the McLaren. So he's not far back as we get a, well, I thought about a move for second position. There was uh, a word I enjoyed earlier on in the uh, Ready Le Mans coverage of the weekend during the WEC, porpoising from the Nissan there, I noticed, under braking, rocking back and forth uh, on the suspension as the uh, speed comes down in order for those cars to negotiate turn one. And certainly, Takaboshi in this third-place BMAX GTR is catching the number 11 Gainer Mercedes. Well, Heintoff is um, now... He's on true form, he, he's, he's on true form. He's now trying to correct us on the lap speeds, but I'm going to correct his lap speed here. He's saying the Super GT lap record at Fuji is a 128.7 by JP Oliveira. That's not true. That lap record was broken yesterday in qualifying. As we're seeing this great battle for GT300 second position, every which way that Nissan is trying to do getting past the SLS. Uh, Hiranaka being super defensive. I think that was just about fair. He needed to be careful not to change his line too many times there. But that Mercedes is struggling to get the power down in comparison to the BMAX GTR. 
and you just get the feeling that this is a matter of time. But uh, Hiranaka sticking those elbows out as wide as he can to keep the SLS in second position for Gainer at the moment. This is all playing nicely into the hands for the first place GT3 car, which is also from Gainer Motorsport. Car number 10, Andre Kuto started that. I'm not sure whether it's Katsumashi Chio or Ryuchio Tomita currently at the wheel of the number 10 car. But the 11 machine playing the, the, the role of uh, rear gunner here, if you like, and holding up the third-place three-car. This might be the Nissan's opportunity, though, and yes, indeed, it breaks uh, a little bit later than the 11 car, rocking back and forth once again from front to rear axle, but gets it stopped and gets second position. Well, that Prius is on its way as well there, Johnny. We'll see that in a couple of laps, I think, having a run at the gainer Mercedes as well. Another thing Hydoff is pointing out is that the lap record for LMP1 round this circuit is actually a 1 minute 26.2, which was done by the Audi R18 driven by Andre Lotterer in 2013. Now, I didn't think to check 2013's lap times, but, of course, the 2014 cars were slower than these GT500 cars, so the current spec cars are slower than the... Uh, current GT500 cars. I see. Okay. Glad we cleared that up. Still number one out front in the GT500 class. Car 10 leading the way in GT300 and making quick work of this battle for second and third in the 300 class is the overall race leader. Now of course Sugio Matsuda having taken over from Ronnie Quintarelli. Really good stint from Quintarelli on those Michelin tyres. And tyres up to temperature now for the two leaders. You reckon that gap, though, Sam, is coming down? It's, it's, it's definitely coming down, Johnny. It was, it, on lap 44, it was 1.7 seconds. It's now 1.1 seconds. Well, looking at the TV camera, I think that's a lot less than 1.1 seconds. That is a battle that is brewing big time. The tyres on that Calsonic Nissan GTR have just come into the sweet spot, and he is hunting, hunting, hunting that Motor Law Tech champion car. Bridgestone's on the blue car, we'll remind you. Michelin's on the red car, red and black car, and as they power their way down towards turn one, there's again a load of brake dust pouring off those front wheels of the number one with its Motul sponsorship. But uh, Sujio Matsuda peddling that car as quick as he can through turns one and two, but the blue car in the rearview mirrors is getting larger and larger as Hironobu Yasuda getting into his own now. And this will be pleasing João Paulo de Oliveira. It was a, a, a raised eyebrow as the car went wide at turn one on the outlap. But the Calsonic back car now really starting to get into the groove, having to lap the Porsche. It's the one and only Porsche in this race, I reckon. Uh, car 33, excellence Porsche, uh, started by Alexandre Imperatori, and it's now Kenta Yamashita on board that car. Well, I wish we were watching, and we in fact are now, this fantastic battle for the lead of the race it's down to eight tenths of a second past the stripe I think you'll see that it depends on how aggressive that lead car is going to be in traffic as we're watching a Honda negotiating GT300 traffic itself but this battle between the two Nissans is going to really hot up the, the manufacturer is going to be a bit disappointed by this well both Toyota home race for them not really figuring here and Honda disaster again for the, for the famous manufacturer yeah, they will be scratching their heads, unfortunately, at Honda for at least the initial stages of this championship. It's a longer affair, though. It takes us all the way through to November with the final two rounds, in fact, the opening uh, weekend of November. And then the 15th of November is the final round at Twin Ring Motegi. So there'll be uh, maybe some research and some re-evaluation re of their situation for Honda. 
and hopefully some ground made up by that point. Third place within GT300 still hotly contested as the 11 car slipped away now from the, th the second place machine, car number three. We saw that overtake, what, not about two or three laps ago. And this is uh, what you suspected, Sam, the Toyota Prius now coming into its own, being lapped by the Petronas back car, number 36, I think still third in the GT500 class. So that's, that's right, 16 seconds down. That Petronas Lexus makes quick work of this GT300 traffic, but the Prius is homing in on car 11, the Mercedes from Gainer. In fact, I think the Prius would have got him already if it hadn't been for these GT500 cars, just mixing it up and losing him a little bit of time. But that little Prius is going to be past that Mercedes very quickly and hot after that GTR. What's going on at the front of the GT300 field is quite interesting. These two GTRs, like we've got at the front of the GT500 field, are two GTRs fighting, but they don't have the factor of this little, little Toyota mixing it up with them. And it's right with the 11 car now, so pressure on here for Katsuyuki Hironaka to keep the Toyota Prius behind. And car 31 that was started by Kota Sasaki now handed over to... Well, there are two other co-drivers with the number 31 machine. Bear in mind, of course, it won in the opening round of the championship, so is carrying 40 kilos of ballast. Doesn't seem to be having an impact, though, on the pace of the Toyota, Toyota Prius, which is right underneath the rear wing now of the Mercedes, well and truly in the slipstream. Can he get the move done? The Mercedes uh, giving it racing room, to be fair, and here in Arca having no option but to give Nakayama the track space and an opportunity to get through. But the next corner is a left-hander, and that will favour Hironaka, so the move's not quite done, and he gets third place back again in the 11 car. He's not done yet. Wait till that hybrid system kicks in for the little Toyota in Sector 3. You will see him all over the back of that three-pointed star. Just being kicked up there through turn four, breaking now for another tight left-hander. And this relatively short circuit, of course, ended by the long straight to the line. This is now going into the territory where the Toyota Prius is so, so strong. Defending heavily again is Hironaka in the number... Oh, but it's the S-Road Mola car. The GTR is off. The GT500, that's what saw it. That's what all that dust was. He's gone off, and that is in that final sector. So we should see that battle for the position in GT300... Oh, I think they've just gone past actually, but that is not good for the no left rear damage for the uh, for the GTR there. Yeah, so this is coming towards the end of the lap, and the S road car. Thankfully, I suppose if you have a tyre blowout, you want it to be very close towards the pit lane entry uh, point, so it won't take too long for that car to limp back towards the pits, and they can get that tyre changed. Hopefully, it won't do too much damage to the bodywork this time around. Looks like the driver of the number 31 car, which is Yuichi Nakayama, getting a good run once again. As we saw a lap ago, and of course these cars having to be lapped at the same time. So ducking out from behind the Mercedes was delayed there slightly by Nakayama, and he can't get the move done because they had to be lapped at the same time. Well, the interesting thing there to see is that the GT3 spec car, the silver Mercedes, has a higher top speed by the look of it than the little Toyota, which could keep a bit in the slipstream. But as soon as he pulled out, he lost that advantage and couldn't outbreak him. The Toyota's gain all seems to be under its hard acceleration, which is what you're seeing in that final sector. So he's going to have to sit back, think about it, and have another go at the end of this lap. There's quite a few people just kicking up the mm. dust there, aren't there? Yeah, grip levels will be suffering through that uh, fast right hand there as more and more dirt and gravel is brought onto the circuit, particularly where you want the grip at that high-speed right hander. Where you're rely uh, relying on the 
aero grip, yes, but you want the tyres to grip through that crucial corner. And the lead battle, uh, no less close, we're pleased to say. The Calsonic car homing in then, hoving in on the number one machine. Remember, they started in this order on that rolling start as we are very close indeed now to half distance, almost at 55 laps. And Sujio Matsuda continues to lead from uh, Hironobu Yasuda. It was Quintarelli and Di Oliveira to start this race and they've now handed over to Japanese pilots. And this battle is still very fraught indeed. Well, you speak about pilots, this is a hell of a dogfight we're watching right now as that Calsonic car is really closing up on the number one Motul Autec car. Repairs going on on that S-Road GTR as well. Now, we didn't see what started that. Now, did the tyre fail on, it, on its own or was it provoked? I wonder. Good question. Uh, difficult to say because we only saw the, caught the back end of the incident on the live stream. RadioLamont.com with Nismo. Hashtag eat, sleep, race, repeat. Sam Collins to my right and myself, Johnny Palmer, taking you through the second round of the 2015 Super GT Championship. Live from Fuji. And this uh, one of the longest races of the season. Not quite the longest because there's the 1,000 Ks at Suzuka, but this is the second longest race with 500 Ks to be done. We're almost at 250 Ks now. And three cars nose to tail, a couple of BMWs and a Mercedes SLS. And this is for fifth position in the GT300 class with the zero car getting ahead of the two beamers there. Well, just saw on the screen there the very, very battered number eight GT500 uh, NSX, the Autobax car, still circulating as we have a look. Just look at the damage on the right front, though. I mean, that car is many laps down and not really a feature of this race. Still a very popular team, nonetheless. This is the team, of course, that under a different name, was once known as Super Aguri and contested the Formula One World Championship. There you go. I'm pleased you reminded me of that. I'm sure you've told me that in the past. But, uh, yeah, there's a certain amount of crossover, isn't there, between other championships that almost don't seem to be connected to this uh, style of racing. But I have to keep reminding myself that these are so far away from your regular touring car. They look like DTM cars, but they're super quick and basically single-seaters underneath all the bodywork. Once again, we've seen this at least on two separate occasions before. The Toyota Prius right underneath the boot lid of the Mercedes, number 11. Still can't work away by Hironaka, who Ooh. moved to the left, moved to the right. and looks very squirmy on the exit of turn one. But uh, the power being able to put, put down uh, very easily for that Mercedes and just edge away from the Toyota Prius. It's towards the end of the lap. We expect the Prius to be stronger, though, and Nakayama is driving the wheels off that Toyota Prius but can't get it into a, a position to take the place. All four wheels pointing in the same direction, going sideways. That's just what you like to see. That was brilliant driving there in the uh, exit. I don't think he intended to do it, but he, did, he saved it quite nicely on the exit of Turn 1. He's just got to find a place where he can boost his way, accelerate his way past that Mercedes, and then he's got pace. And in the background there, we just saw it, Again, not covered on the on the footage very much, was the demise of the Pacific Racing McLaren. That's the car that had the fire this morning in the warm-up. Looks like that's the, the day is over for that MP412C. Been a couple of fires during the race as well, not least for the Lamborghini number 88, which uh, was left uh, in the runoff area at Turn 1, having had a spectacular rear tyre failure which then uh, interrupted the kind of engine bay section and set fire to the parts of uh, the engine on the spot. 
and that was the reason for the safety car to retrieve the Lambo and also mop up debris, fluid, quite a bit of oil that was laid down as well in that incident. So it did take a couple of laps to sort that problem out. May well have given the other runners in the race, though, just that extra couple of laps required to get to the finish on fuel mileage and maybe turn this race into a three, what was a three-stop race, into safely a two-stop race. So it is Katsumasa Chio that is on board the GT300 leading number 10 car. It's also a Nissan GTR. Gainer here this weekend with a Mercedes and a Nissan. And the 10 car leading uh, by a significant margin, although the gap is coming down. At lap 50, 8.6 seconds the lead margin between the 10 and the 3. So the GTRs are slowly getting closer to one another as the 3 car, former race leader, catches up with the number 10 machine can the three car be seen in the back of the shot no the uh, eight and a half second advantage too significant for the moment but we're into the second portion of this race second half of this race and that's something to keep our eye on how quickly does that eight and a half second gap start to come down between the 10 and the three and uh, it's it's i can't uh, the, the, the the lap times there on the um, bmax GTR really consistent. I mean, one tenth here, one tenth there. The tyres are working. The car is doing what it's... It's going as fast as it can go. And with that sort of consistency, it's going as fast as it can go with that driver at the wheel. But it seems the car behind it, the other GT3 GTR, which is on a different tyre supply, crucially. Yep. The BMAX car is on Yokohama's. The Gainer car is on Dunlop's. The Gainer car has 8 kilos of ballast. And, and it, I didn't see that happen, but he's clearly boosted. The, the Prius has boosted past the Mercedes, but the Mercedes isn't going to have that. No, it's not. And the gaining Mercedes, uh, as they get to the end of the start and finish line, may just have the ponies to edge, well, certainly alongside, and there is an overlap there, but if uh, the driver of the Toyota's got any sense, he'll muscle and shoulder barge the Mercedes out onto the curbing. Does exactly that on the exit of turn one, and therefore the SLS can't get the overlap into turn two. And this is maybe where the Toyota Prius can start to establish itself in third position, car 31. Because uh, through this part of the lap, needs to just be careful not to allow the Mercedes back into the mix. They've got an Audi R8 to lap at the same time. So three cars that look like they're closely fighting, but the Audi not on the same lap as the Toyota Prius and the Mercedes. And this is where the Toyota should be able to edge away into the tight and twisty stuff to end the lap. Yeah, let's see if... I mean, the Mercedes is getting right up close to him, very close in fact now, but let's watch the Prius just drive off the front of him, which I suspect he will. At turning point there, Yuichi Nakayama needed to be aware where, where the Mercedes was to avoid contact. It was, well, kind of the job of the, the gainer pilot to make sure he didn't run in the back of him, but it was a close-run thing there. And now through this tight left-hander, great crowd assembled at the penultimate corner there to watch this GT300 battle for third-place honours work its way into that uh, hairpin left, followed by hairpin right, and it brings the cars back out onto the start-finish line, and that's where the Prius powers its way out of the final corner and over the start-finish start line to certainly edge away by about, what, a second... I sense it's going to be a lot, lot closer at the end of this straight, though, once again. I think it will be closer, but I think we've seen from the way the Prius was all over the back of the Mercedes in the preceding laps that the Prius has overall better lap speed. As look, the Mercedes is much closer there, but uh, there is O'Donnell's for those who are watching, and he's having a hell of a dice there <laughs> with the Enios RCF. Yes, with uh, Yuji Kunimoto being forced out onto the grass there. So Lucas Ordonez 
certainly getting uh, the sleeves rolled up in the initial stages of his stint. He's been in that car for a little while now, maybe 10 minutes in the green and black car. And the Enios car battling away with it. So Nissan versus Lexus, over the line they go. Almost 60 laps done for the race leader, Sujio Matsuda, ahead of Hironobu Yasuda. Haven't seen that battle for a little while. But it's down to 1.3 seconds now, I can tell you. So very close indeed between the two leaders. Lucas Ordonez is in 10th position, having made that move, I think, on Kunimoto. Is it Kunimoto that's catching the Spaniard? We'll stick with that this for the moment. Two car lengths, if that, between the two of them. 10th and 11th positions. And it is still gainer from BMAX from the Toyota Prius of APR GT. First, second and third in GT300.